At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view. An endless field of wildflowers. Or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. We're walking along Abbey Street now. This is Lower Abbey Street, and as you can hear, the Lewis is just pulling up to stop. Uh, our building is located just opposite the Lewis stop, quite literally across the road from it. And you, as you walk in, uh, you'll see a, a banner that says "Welcome." And on the front of the door, there's the note and saying "Dublin Central Mission." Uh, many people would perhaps recognise the building. They wouldn't always know what goes on behind the door. We've stepped through the front door of the Dublin Central Mission with the Reverend John Stevens, superintendent of the mission and pastor to the 180 or so Methodist congregation that gather here each Sunday, a day of relative calm and rest. The thousands who come through these doors Monday to Saturday are often unaware of any church. They are on a mission of their own, making their way up the stairs to another part of this three-storey multifaceted building. We'll take the route most travelled up the first flight to the caretaker's cubicle and reception area, staffed 12 hours a day by Susan, John or the manager, Graham. Over a typical week, we'd have two, two and a half thousand people coming into the building to all different events, ranging from self-help groups, church events, church services, Weight Watchers, Zumba, Tango, referees meetings, football meetings. Monday today, fairly busy day. We have Alanon, Parent Toddler, 12-step arts program, NA, Weight Watchers and AA all on this morning and over lunchtime. I came here in desperation, ran up these stairs many years ago and uh, where my alcoholism is leading to the gates of insanity. And uh, I've used the uh, uh, building ever since then, since 1983. I befriended uh, the church members and things like that, even though I'm a Catholic myself. Uh, no questions asked who you are, what you are, and uh, great support, you know. And sometimes I've often walked in off the street and talked to the, the senior pastor, uh, John Stevens, and when I was really, you know, nobody else to talk to. 
I ended up in um, Port Ran, where my mother was in the same ward, the same unit. But she had a nervous breakdown and seen what happened to me. You know, and um, so basically, uh, she had she was wheeling for shock treatment. I was in the alcohol unit, and, you know, and it was a very, very uh, traumatic time. You know, but I had come, become homeless in uh, sobriety as well. Strange to say, relationship breakdown, and you know, but um, again, um, the services here, the, the people that worked here were great help to me as well. You know, the lady down there, the caretaker, she's a wonderful help to me, and or. A friend, uh, the senior caretaker, had, had an open door for me. And not just caretakers, had a listening ear as well, you know. Alcoholism is the nightmare that inspired the first 12-step recovery programme over 70 years ago. Its self-help philosophy proved so successful with addicts that it has been widely adapted and has led individuals and families away from destructive behaviours of all sorts. But whether it's AA... Artists Anonymous, Sexaholics Anonymous, Gamblers Anonymous, Overeaters, Debtors or Narcotics Anonymous, you'll hear a theme emerging. Anonymity. It is central to all 12-step groups and that's why no names are used here. Alex. But some people see no need for discretion. You can take all sorts of steps at the mission. Dance steps, tread the boards, or even take your first steps at a free parent-toddler group. It's not what you'd expect to find at the back of a typical church. There is a different approach to sacred space here that dates right back to the redesign of the building at the start of the 1900s. The Methodist Church believes that God cannot be worshipped in isolation. So, at Abbey Street, they made two floors of meeting rooms over the church to facilitate community building and other good works. Hey, Veronica, another cup of tea. Yeah, Franco came. In today's inner city, that means battling addictions or just making friends. There you go. Milk and sugar? Thank you. How many sugar do you want? And every bit of space is now at the service of the city. Here children are allowed run and play in the church. <laughs> While upstairs, others go with parents to more serious meetings. The group that I'm involved in is Narcotics Anonymous. And it caters for women, men... Children, a lot of mothers will come in with their kids as well, and they need to be there because the kids need their mother. You know, it's it's a great atmosphere, it's a great great way of life to be free. You know, and the good thing about it with Abbey Street is it's right outside that it's right in your face. A lot of addicts still active. You know, so we're trying to give a message that you don't have to be out there. There is a place. There's a sanctuary that. You can come in and get clean and get help, even if you have to just come in for the air and have a cup of tea and a chat to get out of the cold. We work in Abbey Street, which is one of the most dangerous streets in Dublin because we have off-licences all over the place of selling drinks, so God help them. 
the people are up and down the street and there a lot of them are you know drink and they'd come in and one thing and another you know it is a very very can be very dangerous we've never had trouble thank god in here we do have the people with drugs and drink problems coming in wanting to um, use the toilets which we don't allow them of course because you know we found needles I found a chap coming out there one day with a needle still stuck in his arm and full of blood so we can't we have to stop that you know for the rest of the people I was on heroin and uh, I was on the methadone down for seven or eight years as well and I went into a detox in Kildare uh, it's in Cherry Orchard Hospital in Ballyferma and uh, Alcoholics Anonymous used to come in twice a week and that's how I was introduced in Alcoholics Anonymous and it was suggested to me that I would go to 90 meetings in 90 days and yeah I just got a meeting list at my first meeting and, and there's, there's nearly 90 meetings in Dublin seven days a week so I've no excuse to say I couldn't get a meeting today there was none on <laughs> I came to meetings and then I'd leave here after a meeting at two o'clock and I'd wait for the four o'clock meeting I'd go and have a coffee and wait for that meeting I'd go to that meeting I'd come out of that meeting might go for something to eat with another member waiting for another meeting in the evening I've lost a lot of friends to have died from addiction you know and uh, I've been clinically dead once myself I've overdosed twice and I was clinically dead once so I wanted to get away from all that and it was just a fear of going back and using drugs and going back to the life that I led. So I went and I got two or three meetings a day and I hung around with other people that were in recovery as well, which was a major influence on me. And, and I moved down my area and I had to move into a halfway house to keep myself safe and what have you. And then I moved into transitional housing and then I eventually got myself a little job and now I have my own private uh, apartment to, to pay for, you know, myself and... Uh, and it's about looking after myself and, you know, cooking for myself and, and doing my own laundry and all. It's the little things that, you know, and paying bills. I never had a bill with my name on it in my life, you know. And it's taking responsibility for yourself and all that, you know. And then rebuilding of a son and a daughter, rebuilding the relationship I had with them. I could think in my head that I'm having a bad day over trivial stuff. I might have missed a bus or I might have left or have my wallet at home and I've come to town with no money or whatever. That's that's trivial stuff, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm around a few years now in recovery and when I come into a meeting and I see somebody that's only two or three days trying to get their lives back together, I can remember when I was where them people are today, you know what I'm saying? So I get very grateful then very quickly and realise, listen, hold on, you have a good life today and things are good. You know, I try not make uh, mountains out of molehills, as they say, you know. But my life is very good today, you know. And I'm lucky to be alive. Uh, this morning I was just here at a group called Artists Anonymous. Basically, I'm a, I'm a I'm an, an art I'm songwriter and uh, you know writer, but it's been kind of um, let's say blocks to some kind of you know uh, writer's blocks or something there. And this group is uh, it's it's to help people who um, you know would have blo- blocks like this or to say like legi- legitimize uh, their art, you know, that they can take it out into the, out into the world or whatever. It's the first time I've I've gone here. 
it's a 12-step it's a meeting. You know, there's, there's different kinds of 12-step meetings here uh, based on AA's 12 steps. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's like anything, you know, stepping into new waters. And I mean, even that was my first meeting there today, and it was a bit, you know, you don't know people and you're a bit edgy. But, you know, you just, um, once you get used to it, um, step into the water, the water gets pretty warm after a while. <laughs> at the mission, those battling serious addictions at self-help groups mingle with more general interest groups. Whatever you are looking for, direction will be provided at the caretaker's cubicle by one of three people. Well, I'm 24 years old. How long are you here, John? Yeah, I started in 2004, January. Well, I'm 24 years, Susan's 16, so we're probably about 15 years, would we? 14, 15 years working together? Yeah, about 15, yeah. About 15, yeah, this job. About 15 years, and I came into Abbey Street, yeah. I, Graham work starts work at nine till three, and I come in at three till nine tonight. So it's yeah, it's twelve hours a day. Susan, reckon there must have been at nearly a hundred at Zumba the other night. Oh, I'm not surprised. And loads, loads yeah. more people came in on Friday asking about Zumba. It's very popular. It's the craze at the moment, you know. Would you like to introduce yourselves to the people standing next to you? Say hello. We're going to have no inhibitions. It's a Zumba class, which is a dance fitness craze that seems to be happening at the moment. And uh, it looks like fun, but it apparently does um, get you going as well, you know, and lose a few pounds. I knew the building was here. I've always noticed it, always wondered what was going on in here. And I actually Googled Zumba classes yesterday and saw that they were starting tonight, so... I thought I'd give it a bash. People often say to me, are you bored, Susan, sitting there? I am never bored. Every day I would have somebody coming in, either to look for something or to find out different things. You know, there's something always going on. It's a very, it's a lively, active building. But more than that, people say to me, it's a healing building. There's a lot of healing goes on here because of different addictions that, you know people have and they come to you to the groups and as a few people have said to me you know it's a healing you can get the healing feeling in the building which is great you know it's absolutely great and um, it's just a lovely lovely lot of people that do come here regulars and new yeah now even this building itself i love to drop in for a cup of tea now and then i know uh, susan not given aware name that works here and uh, very friendly to me you know she's like a, a big sister to me we have our laughs and our jokes and we get serious if we want to. And uh, my drinking was pretty bad there during the year, and I used to drop in, in to see her quite a bit because I, I do suffer from a lot of anxiety and panic attacks that uh, 
they're they're pretty bad, pretty bad now. And I ended up in hospital a couple of times here in Dublin over them. And uh, that's a day to day basis. Or I, I deal with that on day to day too. You know, there's no medication that you can take for it. And uh, the first step, you admit you're powerless over alcohol, powerless over everything. As a matter of fact. You know, that's a step I'm on every day of my life, you know. And uh, the second step, a power greater than yourself, it doesn't necessarily have to be God, can restore you to sanity. I I think I pretty much accept that. And, and the third one is made a decision to turn your will, your life, over the care of whatever God, as you understand him. You know, I, I do that. Then the work starts, the fourth step. You have to make a searching and fearless moral inventory, not an immoral one, a moral, you know. That takes a lot of work, but uh, I'd say I'm on step one, you know. You're taught about everybody is born good. I didn't drink because I was a bad person. I drank because I discovered it blocked out the pain out of life, the pain of being unloved, rejected, the pain of whatever, you know. That's why I believe people don't drink because I didn't drink because I loved it. I drank for the effect, what it did on me, you know, and it, it certainly made uh, it made things a lot worse, you know. The next day, it didn't solve anything. It was a temporary release, you know, but you still woke up. I had to look in the mirror the next day. Sure, it was all, it was okay 20 years ago, you know, but as you start uh, moving up on years, you know, it catches up on you, you know, and uh, everything I have in life, I think, is as a direct result of my abuse to alcohol over the past the past decade and a half. You know, I was I, I drank quite a lot, you know, as the grace of God, I think I'm still alive with all the accidents I had. I drink until I get drunk. I'm not an everyday drinker. You know, I never was. I was a binge drinker, but the binges got more frequent and more frequent, and the consequences got more severe, you know. And uh, I did lose uh, a very important person in my life in August of uh, 2009, a girl I was dating since I came from America. She died at 33 years old. You know, it took a lot out of me that... You know, she died at uh, between 10 and 12 in the morning um, as a direct result of her drinking too, you know, it was um, alcoholic poisoning, you know, and she had been warned a few times by doctors, consultants to, to slow down her drinking, but she just wouldn't listen, you know, and I hope she's in heaven, you know, her final rest, so... Every Wednesday at half past ten, the church is open for anybody that wants to drop in, have a cup of tea, just sit down, take the weight off their feet. There's always friendly voices there to talk to them. So there are always volunteers. Um, well, come in, uh, in, the, in, the, in the hope of healing, you know. I won't go yeah, into the details. Yeah, I'm not terminally yeah. ill or anything like that. But mm. sorry, I just um, I like the company and it's a nice feeling being in here. Yeah? I was I was eight years in St Vincent's Hospital in Fairview, and um, I got out for the past two years. We're still attending outpatients, clinic. I have a blood sample and pills, 
the collect once a month. And, uh, I've never been mentally ill, but my psychiatrist says I'm a paranoid schizophrenic. Uh, I met people who were paranoid schizophrenic saying they heard voices, but they got used to them and they realised that they're only imagining they're hearing voices, you know. They admitted they were paranoid schizophrenics, but I'm not a paranoid schizophrenic. It's technology, it's space-age technology interfered with me. I tell, I, I tell the group and I tell some of the, the leaders and the ministers as well. Yeah. What, what, what I'd like to have is my time to myself. I'm getting older, the battle against getting older. I'd like to get married. But they have me, the pills and the technology, technology affects all my bodily functions. With, with, with the pills as well... Um, 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 Push the door at the same time. Yeah, okay, Cheers, bye. Over the Hapney Bridge and around, and we'll just go the other way. We have teams who go out to the city streets uh, providing soup and sandwiches and blankets and words of comfort. To those who are homeless. You find the the front. And don't forget the chocolate bars. And the 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 so uh, we're all Chris- different Christian faiths. I'll just read it. I'll just read a verse from uh, hymn, our own hymns and psalms, and uh, it was part of the the Methodist service last Sunday. God is love, and He enfolded all the world in one embrace. With unfailing grasp, He holded every child of every race. And when human hearts are breaking. Under sorrow's iron rod, then they find that self-same aching deep within the heart of God. So, Father, as this team goes out tonight, uh, we'll be taking north and south side of the city. Help us, Lord, open our minds, open our hearts to those we're going to meet. Help us to understand those we meet. And those who we meet will open their hearts to us, tell us their needs, and we may be able to help them in their needs. I thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. It's just, you know, kind of like... Satisfaction being able to help others. Yeah. Like a lot of people, like when you see something, you just want to be able to do something about it. So when you see people on the street, you're kind of thinking, well, look, there should be something done. So if you can help, why not? And apparently any day in Dublin, there's over 90 people sleeping rough on the streets, which is huge, really. Um... But especially the rise in uh, Middle in, or Eastern European people, you know, they come over here looking for work and then they might get jobs for a short while and end up on the streets, which is very sad, really. Right. Off we go. Force team away. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. See you later, Les. Back about half nine. Have you the key? Yes. Save a key? Great. Okay. Bye. Yes. 
hours, we go out, we turn right up Abbey Street and we head down O'Connell Street down to O'Connell Bridge. We start off at O'Connell Bridge and then we make our way over the south side of the city. The English conversation class was something that we set up a few years ago to help non-nationals improve their English and also to give them a social outlet. So we actually have classes for English conversation on Tuesdays, Thursdays and then Thursday evening. Today we're, we're talking about shopping in Dublin and the different shopping streets um, in the city and what people can find in them. Has anybody ever been to the outdoor market? The food market. Florence, the, the, food, the food market. Yeah, You've I've been, been there. there, yes. Yeah. I've been there. It's cheap. I don't know. The products are very, very bad. <laughs> no. maybe maybe cheaper but uh, I haven't seen no it's bad it's bad, it's bad. The uh, very bad when are you I, talking uh, about an apple or yeah on the bottom banana? everything no, broken no no, no <laughs> I that, is, to be in, uh, that is you know what the women do they, uh, they already put the good uh, the good ones you see them no. but when they are putting in your bag because you don't choose anyone you don't go there to sell like, they, they just take the bad one and put put or you should go. Yeah. You should go. <laughs> Don't argue. <laughs> I never seen that. that. Well, you say to the lady, I want to select these myself. No, you, no, you never. No, you can't. Hey, call police for Never. <laughs> in, in another market on the street, another market in another country, I, I can choose what I need. You want, yeah. But, but here, no, don't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> the on, police. The, on the button, everything broken. <laughs> but if, if nobody touched them, no. who broke broken this product? <laughs> yeah, who broke time? How is all? We're being packed. Whatever you know. So anyway, you're all very welcome. And for anyone who's new, Michael's my name. Worldwide, AA remains the largest 12-step program, closely followed by Narcotics Anonymous. But nothing draws bigger crowds to the mission than the daily Weight Watchers meetings. And how much weight did you lose? Seven pounds. So, you know, but I mean, at the end of the day, that is the whole formula. The whole thing is... This new pro point is about learning to eat while losing weight. As I said last week, the old situation of a banana and an apple being two points and a curly whirly being two points is wrong. Because how can they be compared the same when there's so much nutritional value in an apple and banana and very little, or if any, in a curly whirly? Okay? So who's going to do it? This is it. And as I always say, try and get this into your head. If you bite it, write it. All right? Have a great week, everybody. Anybody who's new, sorry about the promotion at the start, but we're getting there. Anybody who's new or anyone who wants to run over, just hold back at the end. I will explain this wheel. Ask any of the chickies in my pen. They'll tell you I'm the biggest mother hen. I love them all and all of them love me Because the system work, the system cold 
reciprocity. My name's Emma Pearson and I'm one of the founder members of Crash Test Cabaret. We're an alternative cabaret troupe and we started up in 2009 to put together a comedy show for the Dublin Fringe Theatre Festival. I'm here uh, in the Dublin Central Mission, which is just off Abbey Street, and we use this as our rehearsal space. So we come here every week. We spend an hour doing some singing, doing some dancing, a bit of comedy as well. Sitting beside me here is Deirdre Kelly, who's a partner in crime. Well, we get the space to dance. We have dance routines. We also have comedy sketches that would involve props. So we wouldn't have room at home to rehearse any of our comedy sketches. Um, We'd also do a small bit of singing. And so the space is really good to hear, uh, just to hear yourself back and, you know, get an idea of performing in a a big area and filling a space. Um, We don't take ourselves too seriously and we're not like size uh, size eight supermodels but we're you know i'd say we call ourselves good laugh or attractive um like adequately figured women and we like to get up there on stage put on nice glittery dresses um get ourselves looking really really nice and then have a bit of fun on the stage performing and, and talking to the audience and uh, having a laugh we pass by the Weight Watchers door on a Tuesday and come in here and dance and sing instead, which is our Weight Watchers. <laughs> Mama, it's good to you and you and you and you, definitely you, but you too and you and you and you and you. I belong to a group here called AWARE. Initially, AWARE was to help family members of people suffering from depression and all other mental illnesses. However, in time, it has become helpful to sufferers themselves. Now, I've just come from a meeting. I myself would have suffered uh, depression in my own life. For example, I had to retire from my my job as a teacher in 2005 was in the pits of depression for well over a year by going along to aware meetings and also with the help of of medication and doctors i i began to recover my equilibrium and my sense of life and uh, purpose in living uh the ordinary person uh who has never suffered from depression themselves, doesn't have a true idea of what the, the actual hell, the, the non-ending cul-de-sac that the person is going down through. Uh, what causes this? I don't know. I suppose in my case it might have been stress and uh, perhaps doing too many things at the one time and trying to keep the famous phrase too many balls in the air at the one time and uh, so slowly but surely it began to affect me and it generally speaking people would tell you and it was my own case sleep sleep was just went out the window and you begin then to work on what is we would call uh, nervous energy slowly but surely you're 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 beginning to suffer from a mental fatigue you begin to experience a disinterest in life. 
we're going to have a very busy night tonight. Uh, we have quite, uh, all the rooms are booked out, and we have the referees meeting on tonight. And there's at least 200 people there, so uh, we have to have both sides of the balcony open, and also all the chairs out. So we are talking about large uh, capacity um, in that one meeting alone. Right, quiet down, people. Quiet down. Before we start, would you just put off your phones? Put them on silence. Damn it. You're the kit man up here. We'd be here like nine times a year. It's referees, so sort of a training. Uh, any new ideas that come up and we discuss matches and that. We're a nationwide body, like we've over a thousand members nationwide. 25 different branches from Donegal to Cork. Saturday is a hectic day. Al-Anon, Naranon, Debtors Anonymous, SA, AA, NA, OA, Codependents, all meet on a Saturday along with Weight Watchers. So Saturday is very, very busy. I discovered this place, must have been a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'd been going to Codependence Anonymous. I'd had two failed marriages, a lot of serious relationships, and yet really an inability to be intimate. Um, I'd been very manipulative in the past, and although I was moving out of that stage and was more interested in being honest and authentic and uh, loving, um, there were issues that were still causing me to self-sabotage, um, Codependence Anonymous was part of my recovery, and I'd been to going to a group in Ongier Street. They told me there was one at the, the Methodist Centre, and I'd never been here before, just walked past this red brick facade a number of occasions, but coming in and coming back today for the second um, meeting, I'm just overwhelmed by the richness of what's on offer here. And when I say coming back for the second meeting, that's actually quite funny because um, I misremembered the time of the CODA meeting. While I was standing waiting, a lady came out of another room and said, are you coming to this? And this was Debtors Anonymous. And um, given I've got a, the guts of 90 grand's debt, um, 60,000, I think, to the, to the revenue, I thought, hmm, okay, seems good. So in I go, and it really was just <laughs> pennies from heaven, if you'll pardon the pun. Just by hearing other people speak who've got into huge financial difficulties um, by understanding that there are some people who are compulsive spenders and I've only recently thought I actually enjoy spending money even though I have no money coming in I enjoy spending it it feels like a, a kind of release a, a way of letting go of tension maybe in, in the way that some people will open a bottle of Jack Daniels and swig the whole thing one of the things that I liked about Debtors Anonymous was they talk about a vision um, and the fact that each of us have a vision, so in other words, a positive thing that we aim towards rather than just avoiding debt. Um, and it is very specific. So they suggest that you carry a notebook with you and you write down everything that you spend. Okay, I bought a cup of coffee at O'Brien's, cost me two euros. Well, that goes in the, di you know, in the diary. They celebrate um, the number of days that you've been. I don't remember the term. It's not debt-free. But anyway, so just by chance, I ended up in this debtors' anonymous meeting which just feels like another part of the puzzle, just perfect timing. 
So that sense of a, of a wonderful rich tapestry that's offered here is expanded even further. And I think we have a wonderful resource. I wonder how many of us who live in Dublin in the area wonder what it, what it offers. We've come to the end of a working week here at the Dublin Central Mission. Thousands of people have climbed the stairs and despite the often serious challenges they face, they've come with a spring in their step. Because once here, problems are shared and burdens lifted. And as it's Sunday, time to hand the mission back to the Methodist congregation. At the door to greet us, Richie Lowen, giving an old-fashioned Dublin welcome to a congregation from all over the world. Richie, dear, how are you? Hello, hi. Hey. Happy New Year. Yeah, Paul, and a Happy New Year. Is that odd we see you two days in a row? Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Is this your first time here? No, I used to work with the Africa Centre. My name is Sister Majella. Oh, that's right. So I just happened to be passing, so I said to come in today. And you can sit anywhere except up on the platform. <laughs> and if you want to leave your head anywhere, just put it in here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. to worship in Dublin Central Mission. Will you stand with me? Someone would say uh, buildings are only brick and mortar, but there's a sense in which they have a, a living experience within them. And we pray that when people come in, they do sense that love and care. And we see our role in this city centre location as being having a gift of a wonderful building, but we want to use it not just for the good of the church or for the congregation, but actually for the good of the city. Oh